Uh, this past week, the Surgeon General Jerome Adams made a, a statement that kind of struck me. He said that this week, this past week, would be this generation's Pearl Harbor or 911. And as we consider the number, the number of deaths that have occurred during this coronavirus outbreak, uh, he, he's, he's right. Uh, Pearl Harbor, there were 2,403 deaths. Uh, with 911 terrorist attacks, we saw 2,996 uh, uh, deaths. But with the, this COVID-19 pandemic that we're experiencing right now, as of this morning, according to the John Hopkins report, we have seen 20,463 deaths here in the United States up to this point, and 109,312 deaths worldwide. Uh, we are in the midst of a great crisis, not just in the United States, but around the world as we face this, this uh, coronavirus pandemic. So, what do we do in the midst of this crisis? Well, I want you to know this morning that as Christians, we can celebrate even in the midst of this great national and worldwide crisis. We have reason to celebrate because of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So as we celebrate today, we celebrate Easter, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So despite our circumstances, despite the COVID-19 pandemic, despite the storms that are around us right now, we celebrate because our hope is not in the, the storms. It's not in the, the medical science out there. Our hope is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So today we're looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 5 as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I want us to, to know this. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus because the resurrection gives us hope. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ because it is the resurrection that gives us hope in this life and in all of eternity. So from this passage this morning, we're going to see three ways in which the resurrection gives us hope. Three ways in, three ways in which the resurrection gives us hope. Now, Peter in this text is writing to some Christians who are in the world and they are going through a very tough time. They're, they're, they're under great trials and tribulations at this time. In fact, if you go down to verse 6 in 1 Peter chapter 1, he says there, In this we you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by, by various trials. The church at this point in history was under, starting to see some, some great persecution throughout the Roman Empire. And so he's writing to Christians who are facing some crisis. There's serious crisis that, that is affecting their way of life. They're being attacked. They, are being, uh, they have been persecuted for their faith in Jesus Christ. And so Peter in this is writing to them knowing that this is going on. And he's saying, you have reason to celebrate. You have reason to rejoice. And so I think this text speaks to us today as we go through a, a crisis in our own day and time. So if you found your place there in 1 Peter chapter 1, just read along with me there. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That blessed, praise, celebrate 
the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's why. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Amen. May the Lord add blessings to the reading of His holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And may He write its eternal truth on all our hearts. Well, as we begin to look at this text this morning and we begin to see why, what reasons we have for celebration today, First of all, we celebrate the resurrection because the resurrection gives us hope of new life. The resurrection gives us hope of new life. We see that in verse, that first verse there, verse 4 or verse 3. Uh, he says, blessed be, praise be, celebrate God, the God and Father of our Lord and Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He caused us to be born again. He caused us to be born again. This is something that happens to us as Christians when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. We are born again. God regenerates us. He brings new life into us. Uh, there's another text of Scripture, John chapter 3, verses 3 through 6. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus in this text. And he says to Nicodemus, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, that's the physical birth, born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. As Jesus talks to Nicodemus, he, he tells him of the importance of, of being born again, of new life, of being regenerated. A person cannot see the kingdom, cannot understand the kingdom message unless that person is born again, is regenerated. You see, there's, there's two ways that we are born. Nicodemus struggled with this. How can, a, how can a person be born again? And Jesus said, you know, there's, there's two things that are important here. First of all, you have to be born. You have to be born by the water. You have to have a, a physical birth. You have to have a physical life. But the reality is when we're born in the flesh, uh, though we have physical life, we do not have spiritual life. We are dead in our trespasses and sin, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 tells us. We are dead. We have no life. We are separated from God because of what Adam and Eve did in the fall. They, they chose to disobey God as our representatives in the Garden of Eden. Because of their choice to disobey God, we, their, their offspring, are born into sin. We are born separated from God. We are born spiritually dead. And we cannot see the kingdom. We cannot know the kingdom unless we are born again, unless we have new life in Christ. And that's what Peter says here. We can rejoice because we know that God has caused us to be born again. He has regenerated us. In that new birth, 
we also see that God transforms us. He transforms us by that same power. He transforms us. Notice what he says there. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's a living hope. It's a living hope. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to you, life to your mortal bodies that through his spirit who dwells in you. So uh, when the Spirit comes into our life, when God calls us to be born again, to regenerate us, the Holy Spirit is that, that, the author of that. He is working that. It's His power that's causing us to be born again. And as He's causing us to be born again, He is giving us new life. He's coming to dwell within us, to live within us. And because He dwells in us and lives in us, He gives us a transformed life. That's that living hope. It's not a dead hope. It's not a hope that we, we just look to the future for, but it's a living hope. It's something that we can see and, and, and observe even in our own lives. As the Spirit comes into our life and it begins to transform us, he, he changes our will. He changes our desires. So we no longer desire the sinful things of the flesh. No, we commit them. Oh, sure, we still sin. We have that sin in us and we can still sin. But here's the thing. When we sin as Christians, born again, we don't delight in that sin. In fact, we hate that sin. We despise that sin and we want that sin out of us because we want to be like Christ. Whereas before, when we're dead to God, we love sin. We bask in our sin. We waller in it like a old hog in the, the slop, right? We waller around in sin and we love it. But when we're born again, God changes our desires. We no longer want those things. We want to live for Him and His glory. The Spirit of God comes into our life and He is, gives us a living hope, a hope that we can see and observe. We have that hope because we see God working in us, changing us, to be more like Jesus. Think about it like this. You, you, you find yourself extremely ill. You're in the hospital. You're running 104 temperature. You're in and out of consciousness. You're hallucinating. You are on the verge of death. You are about to die. If, if something doesn't change, you are going to die because of this sickness. But then the doctor comes in and he has this new medicine, this new drug. And he, he gives you this drug because this drug will heal you. It will cure you of that disease that you are suffering under. And so he comes in as you're sick and he, he injects that drug. How do you know the drug worked? How do you know it's at work in you? How do you know it's giving you back your life? Because the fever breaks. Consciousness comes back. Your body begins to heal. And so it is with the Holy Spirit. You see, he's our drug that gives us new life. He heals us. He makes us alive in Christ Jesus. He changes us. And we see the old habits of life fade away. And we see the new life, the new life, the new habits, the God-given habits begin to 
come into our lives and build. We become more and more like Christ. So Christian, today you can celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ because of the new life, the new resurrected life that you have in him even now. So we, we celebrate the resurrection today because of the new life that we have in Christ. Second, we celebrate the resurrection because the resurrection gives us hope of an inheritance. The resurrection gives us hope of an inheritance, an inheritance. Uh, look what it says here, going on to verse four there. Uh, verse four says, he, he, God has caused us to be alive in Christ Jesus, given this, us this living hope in Christ Jesus to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you or preserved in heaven for you, some translations say. This is an inheritance that we have. Peter is, is looking towards this heavenly inheritance that Scripture promises us over and over again. Romans chapter 8, verse 16 and 17 says this, The Spirit Himself bears witness, to, uh, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, that is co-heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Now, when we think of an, uh, an inheritance, we often think about an earthly inheritance. Most of us will uh, and have an inheritance. We'll, we'll earn an, or you know, be given an inheritance. When our, our parents or our grandparents pass away, uh, we may be given an inheritance. They're going to pass something on along to us because they, they can't take it with them. So they pass it on to us, whether that that inheritance be money or possessions, we will get what they have left over, what they have left in life. They pass it on to their children, their grandchildren. That is an inheritance. But our heavenly inheritance is not like that. It is not like that. It's not at all like that. Our, our inheritance, our heavenly inheritance, notice, notice how Peter here describes it. It is, first of all, imperishable. It is an imperishable inheritance. You think about that earthly inheritance. Money will be spent. Material possessions will deteriorate. They will rust and fade away. But our heavenly inheritance is imperishable. It is eternal. It never dwindles away. It never goes away. It is imperishable. It is eternal. That's the inheritance we look forward to in heaven. Our, our heavenly inheritance is also undefiled. It's undefiled. Certainly our earthly inheritances, will they, they have defects, right? They have their flaws, but not our heavenly inheritance. Our heavenly inheritance is without flaw. It's without blemish. It's holy. It is undefiled. It is unfading. You know, like flowers whose beauty fades away. So will the, the earthly inheritance that inheritance, excuse me, inheritances that we gain, they will lose their luster. They'll fade away. They'll get old. They'll get uh, rugged. 
They'll get rusty. That car that you inherited, inherited from your mother or that truck you inherited from your father, it will one day quit. It'll be hauled off to the junkyard. It will fade away. But our heavenly inheritance is unfading. Its beauty never fades. It never loses its luster. It is glorious for all of eternity. And fourth, it's preserved. It's preserved. Earthly inheritances are, are subject to, to theft. The thief can come by and steal it away from us. But our heavenly inheritance is preserved. It's guarded. It's protected. It's kept by God for us in heaven. As scripture says there, we are co-heirs with Christ. Jesus Christ, God's only son, has a great inheritance given to him by our heavenly father. And because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we are co-heirs with him. We will inherit all that belongs to him. We are his bride. We are co-heirs with him. We have hope of an eternal imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept inheritance in glory. Oh, dear friend, whatever you have in this world or don't have, regardless of all that, because of your faith in Jesus Christ, dear Christian, you have an unfading, eternal inheritance waiting for you in heaven. You are a co-heir with Christ. So whatever you may lose in this life, so be it. You've lost nothing in the greater scheme of things. You are a co-heir with Christ. You have an eternal inheritance waiting for you because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Celebrate. Rejoice today. In the light of all of your troubles, rejoice today because of your inheritance in Jesus Christ. So we celebrate today the resurrection of Jesus Christ because the resurrection gives us hope, hope of new life, hope of an eternal inheritance. Third, we celebrate because the resurrection gives us hope of salvation. It gives us hope of salvation. Look what the, the final line of that verse says. Who, by God, that is you, dear Christian, you're the who in that, that verse there. You, by God's power, are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. You, dear Christian, are being guarded. Look at that word there, guarded. That word is a military term. It is a military term that means to maintain a watch or a guard. To maintain a watch or a guard. I remember in the Marine Corps when we would go out into the field and we would be out there doing, doing different uh, training. We always had to set up a guard at night. Two or three Marines out there standing guard over our company. They stood guard to protect us from the enemy as we slept. And they were ready to attack and defend us from our enemy if the enemy had attacked. Well, in this passage, Peter says God has set the guard and it's his power that guards us, that protects us, protects our salvation. 
We don't need to be on guard because God is on guard. With His omnipotent power, He stands guard over us, protecting us from our enemy, protecting us from Satan, protecting us from death. He is our guard. And He is guarding us for a purpose, for a future inheritance that He has awaiting for us. You, God is... You are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, when we think about when we think about salvation and we've talked about this in church on many occasions. But when we talk about salvation, there are certain tenses to salvation. There's the past tense, present tense and future tense of salvation. We can say we we have been saved in Christ Jesus. That's justification. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, His, His uh, sacrifice for us on Calvary's cross was applied to our account. So we stand before God and we are justified. We are declared righteous before God because of Christ's sacrifice for us. He died for our sins so that He might give us His righteousness, His positive righteousness, His obedience to God. And so we are declared saved, we are declared justified when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. That's why Scripture says you have been saved. But then there's uh, the present tense. You are being saved. That is sanctification. Sanctification is that, that activity that God is working in us now that we talked about in the first part of this passage. The Holy Spirit is in us, living in us, changing us, transforming us, giving us a new life even now. Right now, we are experiencing the resurrected life in this life. We don't wait to, till the, the end to experience the resurrected life because we're already experiencing that to a degree as God comes in and the Holy Spirit comes in and gives us life now. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead, Jeremy Camp says, lives in us. And He's changing us, transforming us. We are being saved in this present time, in this, in this present hour. But then there's the future tense of salvation. The future tense, which, which Peter indicates here, this future tense, we will be saved. That is glorification. When Christ returns, when He comes back, Scripture says that we'll be caught up in the air and we will meet Him in the air and we will be like Him because we will see Him. When we see Him, He will transform us completely and totally. He will give us a new body. He will give us a, a, a new, spanking new, I heard somebody say this week, a spanking new uh, attitude, right? A spanking new life in Him. We will be glorified. We will be like Him. We will be free from sin completely and totally. No longer even being able to sin. He will give us a new life, a resurrected life, a glorified life. And that's what we're looking forward to, that future salvation. Oh, yes, we, we have that joy and we can celebrate now in this life because of the, the work that God is doing in us now, because of the living hope that he has given us even now as we walk in this world. But we're living for that future hope. Right now, we have to suffer things of this world. Right now, we're having to suffer the, the effects of, of the fall, the effects of lostness in this world. This COVID-19 epidemic, this pandemic rather, is part of the fall. 
It's part of the fall. It's one of the consequences of the fall. It's a consequence of living in a sinful world. These storms that we see going by us out here right now, they're, they're, a, they're a condition of the fall, a result of living in a sin-filled sin world. But we're looking for a day when we will be saved and all of these things will be wiped away. No more COVID-19, no more storms, no, no death, no disease, none of these things, all of these things will be gone. We're living for that day. That is our future hope, that future salvation that, we ha that God has in store for us. You know, I think of it like this. Uh, used to, I, I really did not enjoy school. Not at all. I mean, I really didn't. I thought it was just a waste of time, right? I'm just, I wanted to get on to the next thing, get out of school, especially in high school. I was ready to get out of high school. I was ready to go on and just get to the, you know, start making a living, start making money, get out on my own, do all these things. I, I just didn't like school. But then, you know, a few years later, as I got into college, I began to really appreciate school. And I began to enjoy it a little bit more. Why? Because I learned this principle. I learned this principle along the way. You can bear anything for a little while when you set your sights on the reward ahead of you. Let me say that again. You can bear anything for a little while if you set your sights on what's ahead of you. Dear Christian, we can bear anything right now. We can bear COVID-19. We can bear the storms of life. We can bear the trials and tribulation that God has set before us if we set our sights on the reward that He has promised us in glory. You can bear it right now if you focus on the eternal inheritance, the eternal salvation that God has in store for you when this life is over. Oh, dear friends, we can celebrate today in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because the, uh, the resurrection of Christ guarantees us a future salvation, a future inheritance that's never fading, imperishable, everlasting. Oh, dear friends, set your sights on that future salvation Whatever you're going through right now, maybe you're in the midst, maybe uh, you're in the midst of a greater crisis than the, the COVID-19. Maybe you're going through something right now besides that. Whatever it is, dear friend, whatever you're facing, whatever you're facing, know that you can rejoice. You can have joy. You can celebrate Christ today because of the resurrection hope in him. Oh, let us celebrate today. Let us rejoice in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear Christian, today, if you have experienced this new living hope, if you uh, have that assurance of that in eternal inheritance before you, if you have that assurance of that future salvation awaiting you when Christ returns and makes all things new, then today you can celebrate, you can rejoice, no matter what the world throws at you, no matter what comes to you in this life, you can rejoice in the Lord. 
you can celebrate. You have reason for joy. So celebrate today. Rejoice in Christ. Sing praises to His name for what He has done for you. He died for you. He was raised again for you. And He has in store for you an eternal inheritance in glory. Rejoice. Celebrate today. Now for others who are out there, you're listening into this and you do not have that hope. You do not have that hope. You have no hope whatsoever. You're living in fear. You're living in, in, with anxiety because you don't know what tomorrow brings. You have no hope. Well, I want you to know that the resurrection of Christ can give you hope. You need to understand this, that Jesus Christ, this very Son of God, who was God, is God, will always be God. He was with God in the beginning. He created all things. All things were created through Him, by Him, and for Him. He created all things. And though that same God stepped out of glory, He came to this world. He was born of the Virgin Mary. And He lived a life in complete obedience to the Father's will. What is required of us, by the way. He lived in complete obedience to the Father's will. Even to the point of death, going to Calvary's cross and giving His life on Calvary's cross. He died. He lived for you. And He died in your place so that if you trust Him and you give your life to Him, He will give you new life. He will give you a resurrected life even now. As that passage there, 1 Peter says, uh, this is by faith. God is guarding us by faith. Faith is the key. By trusting in Jesus giving your life to Jesus, trusting that He lived for you, died for you, and He was raised again, showing that all of your sin has been paid for. There's nothing left for you to do. There's nothing you can do. Nothing. Only trust in Jesus. If you have faith today, He will save you. You don't need to be in a church. You don't have to walk, walk an aisle. You don't have to say a prayer with, with any certain person. You can, you can trust in Jesus right there today, wherever you are. Just trust in Christ. Give your life to Him, and He will change you. He will save you. He will give you a living hope. And you can have a hope of eternal salvation with Him. Will you trust Him today? Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank You for the living hope that we have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Lord, if it were not for your grace and your mercy, we would be without hope. We would have no reason to hope today in the, middle of, in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. We would have no reason for hope in the midst of, of the, the storms that are, are waging around us. But Lord, because of your grace and your mercy and, and sending your son Jesus Christ to die for us, we praise you and we celebrate even in the midst of crises because of what you have done for us. Oh Lord, I know that out there, there are those who are, are listening in, who've never trusted in Jesus. They are living without hope. They are scared. They're worried. Anxiety has overcome them. But Lord, you can give them hope if they would only trust you. Help them, Lord, today. 
Give them new life. Give them new life. Let them believe. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.